Breland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the only podcast fully dedicated to the Curtain Jerkers, the Early Risers. I, of course, am talking about those fighting on the Prelim portion of upcoming UFC fight cards. Today, we're talking all about UFC 237, but we are only talking about the Prelim card. That's right, only the Prelims. Now, why would we do such a thing like that? It's really quite simple. You already have your preconceived notions about what's going to go on with Rose Nami Yunus and Jessica Andrade. You probably got your pick already laid out. You're entrenched in that pick. You've probably laid money on that pick. But you probably don't know a lot about the people fighting early on in the night. So we are going to help you break down those people early on in the night. Maybe give you a little advice that will help you get, guide your gambling. And hey, maybe you're sick of losing at Daily Fantasy Sports because other people know the undercard better than you do. Well, you came to the right place. Now you are going to be one of those super knowledgeable people when it comes to the undercard. And speaking of Daily Fantasy Sports, this podcast is proud to be brought to you by BSMMA.com. BSMMA is changing the way that we play MMA fantasy sports. You no longer have to pay attention to those pesky-ass salary caps, and instead you can just pick five fighters on the card, predict how you think they will win and in what round, and then you get points, and then you win money. And plus, you get to add these really fun bonuses. My personal favorite is called the Cinderella bonus. You can slap that baby on if you think your fighter needs to get home by midnight and make quick work of their opponent. You're going to get a whole bunch of extra points if they finish the fight in two minutes or less. Plus, there's plenty of other fun ones, such as ones that give you bonuses for takedowns, knockdowns, and all kinds of other things. Plus, the best part about BS MMA is that they have guaranteed prize pools for each contest, which means you don't have to worry about whether or not your game fills up all the way because you can still win cash anyway. And we want you to win cash right away by joining in on our exclusive listener-only contest. You can do that by going over to bsmma.com and using the promo code PODCAST. That's going to get you into our exclusive $25 game for free. That's right. You're going to get into that game for free and you can compete against me while you're doing it, which is a lot of fun. Plus, they've got other games that are free to the public. And if you're the highest scorer in those games, they're going to give you free gifts on top of that. This week, they're giving away a BS MMA t-shirt. So get that t-shirt, get that $20 and you can get it all at bsmma.com. But in order to get those great prizes, you need to know what's going on in the prelims. And as bright as I am, I absolutely cannot carry this whole show myself. So today, I am joined by Benjamin Abrigo from Combat Docket. You can follow him at Twitter, at Benjamin Abrigo. Uh, ben, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm, I'm happy to be here talking about the uh, deeper portion of the card. All right, so let's get right into it. We're going to start with round one, put five minutes on the clock. And let's start with the very first fight of those prelims. So I want to start with the most important fight for me, and that's Ryan Spawn coming out of Fortis MMA against Little Nog. So Little Nog comes out here after two years off. He comes out and he knocks out Sam Alvey. And we've got Ryan Spawn here, who's on a five-fight win streak, a much younger guy coming off the Contender Series. He then picked up a nice win against Luis Enrique. Uh, what do you think about this fight? Little Nog, obviously coming on a career resurgence, was it just a lucky punch, or is he a guy who is actually going to give an athletic dude like Ryan Spawn trouble? I don't know if it's – well, first of all, I don't know if it's a career resurgence so much. But I do think the the fight against Alvi was – most of us just kind of forgetting that Little Nog can actually box. He actually has some some boxing chops. He's – you know, he's obviously at this point in his career nowhere near the athlete he used to be. 
Um, but he can exchange in the pocket. Uh, he throws a super hard left hand, um, and he has all kinds of tricks to set it up. So in terms of can he give an athletic guy like Ryan Spawn trouble, I do think he can. Um, but at the same time, man, you watch Ryan Spawn fight, and it's just like uh, he's really tall, uh, really fast, hits hard, and it's just like, you know, I'm a little concerned for a little nog here. That said, like, I'm not ready to say these are the fights that little nog loses yet. Um, obviously, like I said, he's, he's pretty physically deteriorated, but he has way more actual skill than, than his opponent here, both on the feet and on the mat. He's never been a guy that really forces a takedown, but if it gets there, I think he can kind of have his way on the mat. Um, that said, I don't know. I'm not confidently picking little nog here. Uh, but I do think we're going to be kind of surprised with his ability to land punches. Yeah, and I kind of liked your point there, too, about the, the takedown, too. Do you think he goes for a takedown? Because uh, Ryan Spahn wound up on the ground with Luis Enrique multiple times, and he got, like, swept two or three times in there, wound up on the bottom, wound up taking shots, and, and sort of got out of it with pure athleticism. I don't feel like pure athleticism would get out of it with Nogue, so do you think he takes it to the ground? I think he maybe tries once or twice, but honestly, at this point, I don't think he wants to expend the energy to to hunt for that takedown. And unlike his brother, you know, he was never like a I mean, he's a he's a jujitsu black belt, really talented on the ground. But he's never been a guy that's like, oh, if as soon as I get it on the mat, then that's the fight that I want. Um, I do think he's going to pressure here. I think he's going to try to to put Span in the clinch and against the cage. And if the takedown is there, I think he'll take it. But I don't think that'll be the you know, the A game for Lil Nog here. And if you had to go with an official prediction, who are you going with? I'm going to go with Lil Nog by decision in Brazil because I I want that to happen. (laughs) And, MMA Twitter will be pissed off. I'm going to take Ryan Spawn here by knockout. I just think he's too athletic and uh, probably is going to sting Nog at least once. Let's move on to the second fight where we're going to look at Warley Alves versus Sergio Marias. Both guys, two and one in their last three. Alves... Uh, beat Sultan Aliyev. He's also beat Colby Covington, which I think people forget about. Whereas Marlon Marias uh, beat Ben Saunders and Tim Means in his last two wins. Both have a loss to Kamara Usman, so they've got lots of experience. Now, the way I sort of see this one going is Marlon Mar- uh, Sergio Marias tends to lean on his takedowns to wear out opponents. Do you feel like he could get Warley Alves down? Maybe later in rounds, but... You know, because because Alves has a tendency to really blow himself out. He does not gas himself or he does not, uh, you know, he doesn't work efficiently at all. Um, I think maybe if he can get Alves really tired, but at the same time, like Marias is not a guy who fights at a steady pace himself. Uh, so I don't know. Honestly, I see both these guys as similar fighters and that they're kind of wild, kind of reckless, have talent on the ground for sure. Marais especially has talent on the ground. Um but I see this as just kind of a wild fight that I can see both of them taking each other down just in kind of um, kind of awkward exchanges and scrambles. Yeah, and who do you like in this one? I like Alves just because I think at this point in his career he's the more athletic guy. I think they're both going to go fucking hammer time right off the bat. <laughs> um, and I, I just like Alves being being slightly more durable, um, more athletic. Uh, and I'm actually going to go against you on this one too. I'm going to take Sergio Marias in this one because I just think – the likelihood of him winding up in top game is better. Uh, so we're down to about 25 seconds in this first round, so I'm going to hit a real easy one for us to talk about. BJ Penn is fighting Clay Guida. BJ Penn has one win since losing his title in 2010, and it was Matt Hughes. Clay Guida, although coming off a loss from Charles Oliveira by guillotine, has KO wins over Joe Lozon and a 
a decision win over Eric Koch recently. Can you give me any scenario in which BJ Penn wins this fight? Uh, Clay Guida does something dumb on top. BJ Penn takes his back, chokes him out. All right. And uh, official prediction on that one with 10 seconds left on the clock. Guida by TKO, second round. And I love it. I'm going to go the same thing. I'm going to go Guida by uh, some sort of TKO finish. And that's going to do it for our very first round of the prelim primer. We are going to take a short commercial break and we'll be right back with round two. Look, we all love watching the fights, but there's a little something added when you play daily fantasy sports. You get a vested interest in fighters you otherwise wouldn't have cared about. After playing BSMMA.com just this past weekend, I was screaming at my TV trying to get Shane Burgos to land a freaking knockdown. All I wanted him to do was knock down Cub Swanson because I had the bone crusher bonus on him and every single time he knocked down Cub Swanson, I was going to pick up some couple extra points. However, I didn't get those knockdowns I needed, which was a little bit of a bummer, but that being said... I was jacked up the whole time, and that's what BSMMA does for you. So head on over to BSMMA.com, sign up there, and make sure when you put the Bone Crusher bonus on, you do it for somebody like Cowboy Cerrone, who's gonna nail all of those. Check them out right now, BSMMA.com, and get playing. And we're back with round two of the prelim primer, so we're gonna put another five minutes on the clock. And we'll get this round started by talking about Tiago Moises versus Kurt Holobaugh. Now, Kurt Holobaugh made his way into the UFC with a win on the Contender Series. Since then, he's had back-to-back losses against Ronnie, Barce- Ronnie Barcelos and Shane Burgos, both by finish. Tiago Moises, same thing, Contender Series winner, got his contract, but then lost to Benil Dariush. So let's start by talking about Holobaugh. Holobaugh's been finished twice. Does that speak more about him or what he's faced in his UFC career? I, th- I honestly think it speaks more, a little bit more about him at this point. Um, especially the the knockout against Barcelos was especially brutal. Um, and then you know the armbar loss to Shane Burgos that that that's definitely on him. Uh, he had dropped and, and hurt Burgos there, and then just kind of got careless inside of Burgos's guard and, and left his arm out. Um, you know, Barcelos is an absolute stud who's also fighting on this card. That's there's no shame in losing to him, uh, but he got hit a lot in that in that fight. Um, Holobaugh, I think, is super dangerous offensively. He can crack hard. He can put his punches together in combination, attack the body, all that good stuff. Uh, but like many MMA fighters, kind of defense goes out the window. And, and is that a problem too with Tiago Moises? I, I mean, I'm not real worried about his striking because I don't think he's a particularly dangerous striker. But I feel like if Holobaugh were to tag him, I mean, if you got subbed by Shane Burgos off the back, Tiago Moises has got to be a nightmare, right? Yeah, I think so. And especially, you know, Moises will will jump for guillotines, do things like that. He's super aggressive with his submissions. Um, and, you know, losing Tiago Moises losing to Benil Dariush is not a bad sign necessarily. And he survived all three rounds, a lot of it on the ground there. Um, so I think... In general, I like Moises here. Uh, I think he can stay out of trouble on the feet, and I think if it hits the mat, then it's it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah, and I'm going to take Tiago Moises here too, but I'm going to take him by decision. I think he can just outlast the the trouble that Holobob might be able to cause him. Uh, so my official prediction is going to be Moises by decision. Um, let's take a look at another fight on the prelim cards, obviously, because that's all we're focusing on. We're looking at a, a former pay-per-view headliner, million-dollar buy-rate headliner, 
Betch Cohea, who fights Irene Aldana. So Betch Cohea, uh, two-year break after being essentially murdered by Holly Holm. Irene Aldana has gotten two straight wins over Talita Bernardo, who's also on this card, in Lucy Pudilova. Uh What can we expect from Betch Cohea after two years off? I have no idea, man. Um, I, I mean... This is and this is a stylistically it's a tough matchup for her. physically it's a tough matchup for her um in terms of like new wrinkles I mean stylistically I think she'd be wise to really get in kind of make this a boring fight uh see if she can tie up Aldania in the clinch maybe go for some takedowns I know that's never really been Kohea's A game but uh if she can get on Aldania's hips and and get her down or at the very least tie her up against the fence for long stretches of the fight um you know, I think that's a fight Kohea can win. Whether she will or not is a different question. Yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in her doing that, especially because Aldana <laughs> does a decent job of keeping distance. And, uh, I, you know, not a, a stellar job, but a decent enough job of keeping distance. And as long as she does that, I don't think Kohea's got anything for her. So I, I'm going to take Aldana by decision here. How about you? I like her by decision, too, and I think a dominant decision, to be honest. Yeah, 30-27, we're calling it. You heard it here. Now, we got time for probably one more fight in this second round, so I want to go to the aforementioned Ronnie Barcelos, who's fighting short-noticed opponent Carlos Hotchin, which uh, not a lot of people know a whole bunch about. He's a 10-3-2 Peruvian with no decision victories. The dude just throws bombs. It seems like a showcase fight for Ronnie what are you expecting to see out of him here? I think this is a showcase fight. And I do think – is is um, kind of an action fighter. He will definitely exchange. He will throw recklessly. Um, so Barcelos cannot take him lightly at all. By that, At that same time, Joaquin is super hittable. Barcelos, uh, you know, like I said, he had that incredible knockout uh, earlier in his UFC career. And he's a – really kind of an excellent takedown artist. And from what I've seen of watching, he can be put on his back. Um, like I said, I, I think this is a showcase fight for Barcelos here. I think he gets a finish here inside maybe late after beating the hell out of watching. Yeah. I think probably late too, because in some of the fights that I saw in there too, watching he takes a shot really well. I saw him just absolutely exchange bombs nonstop for 30 seconds until like the other dude went down. So I've got a lot of credit to his chin, but the amount of times he's going to get hit telegraphing punches like he does. I think Barcelos makes this an absolute one-sided beat down by the end of it. And that's going to do it for round two. Once again, we're going to head to a quick commercial break while we catch our breaths on the stool. And we'll be back with the last two fights on the UFC 237 prelims. One of my favorite parts about being a fight fan is trying to show my idiot friends that they don't know a damn thing. That's right. I love telling my friends that they're idiots and they know nothing about MMA. And BSMMA.com gives me the opportunity to do exactly that. They've got the create your own game option that allows you to set the size, stakes, and payout structure of your upcoming event and then allow you to invite all of your friends to it and making it a private game. That way, you can show your friends how little they know and take their money at the same time. And since you listen to this podcast, who knows, maybe they don't, you got the leg up this time. BSMMA.com. Check them out. And we are back for round three. 
we now are going to put five more minutes on the clock. We've got two fights left to talk about, and both of them include some newbies. So if you are not familiar with some of the names on this card, you are going to get the opportunity to be in just a moment. So we're going to start talking about round three with Luana Car Carolina versus Pr Priscilla Cachuera. Um, Cachuera, you've seen a couple of times in the UFC. She got absolutely dominated by Valentina Shevchenko and then beat up a little bit by Molly McCann. So she's 0-2 in the UFC. She's fighting Luana Carolina, who is a newbie to the uh, UFC. She was on the Contender Series Brazil, where she won a pretty impressive victory there. Uh, what do the fans need to know about Luana Carolina? Basically that she's a tall Muay Thai striker. Um, she doesn't seem to be like an overpowering athlete, uh, but she moves well. She hits well. Um, she's composed on her feet at least. Um, and that's really, I mean, all you, all you need to know, especially against Cachoeira here, um, is that she's going to be, she wants to keep it on the feet. Um, if she can get it into the clinch, she's aggressive with knees there. But I think generally, you know, you're, we're looking at a tall Muay Thai striker, kind of a traditional Brazilian style Muay Thai striker where everything she throws is with power. We're going to see punches, kicks. Um, and I think she'll land often here against Priscilla Cachoeira. Yeah, and I really liked her front kicks too. So I, I saw her throw a bunch of front kicks in that contender series bout. I, th I think that that's going to be tons of trouble for Cachoeira. Um, the only thing I don't like about uh, Carolina is that she does get backed up against the cage a lot. She is willing to be in the clinch, but typically her back's against there, which I, I know just sometimes is bad in the judges' scorecards, and especially with the fact that, you know, it, it's a women's fight, so the odds of it being a finish are, are significantly less. Do you think she can get a finish here, though, and avoid that kind of danger? I don't think so. Um, and that's basically just on Priscilla's toughness. I mean, she got her ass absolutely handed her. <laughs> To her against Shevchenko, but she survived and actually, um, you know, kind of put the hurt on McCann a little bit in the third round. Mm -hmm. uh, so if she can do that to Molly McCann, I think uh, Cashwara can survive the full 15 minutes. I'm not saying that she gets the win, uh, but a lot of that, too, is we don't know a ton about Luana Carolina at this point. Yeah, especially with only six fights, too. Uh, you know, I, I like you said, I, I like her Muay Thai style. I like that she uses the distance a little bit better, and I like that she's good when she's not using the distance. But at the same time, yeah, don't know a lot about her, but I'm still taking her by decision. How about you? Yeah, I like Luana Carolina by decision here. All right, and that leads us to the last fight on the prelims, which is Talita Bernardo versus Melissa Gatto. So Bernardo is 1-2 and two in her UFC career. She lost her first two fights, but she got back on the board with a win over Sarah Marias. Gatto is 6-0-2. She's making her UFC debut, and we really don't know a whole lot about her because she's not one of the Brazil Contender Series types. Uh, what do the fans need to know about Gatto? She does not have a ton of experience. I mean, like you said, 6-0-2, oh, uh, but looking at her strength of schedule, I mean, she's fought a few a few fighters with good records, um, but a lot of 0-1, 2-1, 1-1, 4-4, 1-0. Um, so this will, you know, not that Talita Bernardo is necessarily a world beater at this point in her career, but this is a, a pretty big step up. Um, from And from what I could tell from Gatto, from what I've seen, uh, she prefers to grapple. Uh, which so does Bernardo. So we could be in for a tussle on the mat here. Yeah, and I, I saw too that while, while she does like to grapple, it doesn't seem like she does a whole lot of it on her own terms. It like, seems like she winds up on her back a lot, or she like engages in the takedown and she winds up in bad positions. But she does have a pretty impressive finish rate given that. Like Her last fight, I know she sunk a triangle and hit a Kimura while she was in the triangle. So like 
Is there a chance she finishes Bernardo on the ground, though? I don't think so, Cause especially because I think Bernardo is is a legit kind of I believe she's a black belt, but she has that pretty traditional like Brazilian jiu jitsu positional game. Um, Gato's a little bit more aggressive with submissions. I think Bernardo can stay out of trouble. And you bring up a great point that Gato will engage in the grappling even without getting her own takedown. Bernardo, not a great wrestler at all, uh, but this is a great stylistic matchup for her here. As soon as she get, goes for a takedown, I think she'll be able to put Gato on the mat. Um, and I think Bernardo will be able to stay out of trouble. Yeah, I think she's going to be able to stay out of trouble, and I even think since Gato hasn't been into that like deep waters with a good Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter like like Bernardo, and she's not real great, but she's good enough. I think Bernardo gets the sub here too, so I'm going to go with Bernardo by sub, and with just 10 seconds left on the clock, what's your for official prediction? I got Bernardo by 30-27 uh, decision. All right, so there you have it, and that is the entire prelim card. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You can catch me next week right here, same time, same place. And remember to follow my co-host from this week, Benjamin Abrigo at Benjamin Abrigo on Twitter. Ben, thanks so much for the time. Thanks, man. It was a blast.